What's up, what's up, what's up, Los Angeles? This is your boy, L.A. Ray Harris of L.A. Courtside. This podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. And, of course, this podcast is all Clippers, all Lakers, all the time as I rep the L.A. area. On this first segment, I want to talk about the poor start by the L.A. Clippers. As of right now, they are one and four, and they are really not playing very well at all, with the exception of Paul George, who is averaging at this point 27 points per game on this young season. I know it's only five games in, but he's pretty much carrying this team. He's shooting 50 percent from the field and 37 percent from beyond the arc, 80 percent from the free throw line. He's rebounding well. He's passing the ball well. Uh, he's doing everything that he can to uh, carry this team. The rest of the L.A. Clippers are not doing so well at all. And I want to start with Reggie Jackson. Now, of course, Reggie Jackson signed a two-year uh, contract extension for $22 million, $11 million per year. Well-deserved because last year in the playoffs, Reggie Jackson was definitely the Clippers' second-best player when Kawhi Leonard went out with the injury this year. However, he's only averaging 14 points. And uh, the most damning thing about this is he's only shooting 31.3% from the field. And from beyond the arc, 29.2%. That is not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. Paul George will not be able to carry this team on his back all the way through until Kawhi gets back. uh, Unless Reggie Jackson starts to play better. And and I'm not saying this is all Reggie Jackson's fault, of course. Um, he has to play better. The the uh, Nick Batum has to play a little better. Eric Bledsoe, who's a defensive dynamo, but you're not going to get a whole lot of consistent offense from him, I should say. Yes, he makes the occasional three. Uh, he drives to the basket with reckless abandon. Uh, he's a decent shooter when he's on, but again, he's not going to give you consistent volume, high volume points. Their points are going to come from Paul George and Reggie Jackson. Now, of course, one of the things that's hampering the Clippers is the injury bug outside of Kawhi Leonard, of course, who won't be back until sometime next year. You have Marcus Morris that's out with a knee injury. And of course, Serge Ibaka is not back yet with the back injury that he suffered last year. When those two guys are on the floor, the Clippers are able to uh, have a larger floor spacing and they're able to play the game that Ty Lue likes to implement, which is crisp ball movement and shooting that three ball. Last year, the Clippers led the league in three-point shooting. This year, not so much. They are struggling big time from beyond the arc. Even in the game against Cleveland, Paul George was 0 of 8 from beyond the arc. He was 6 of 20 from the field altogether. And and against that Cleveland team, and that was a disappointing loss, by the way, against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nothing against the Cleveland Cavaliers, but you should not be losing to Cleveland. That's just, just my opinion. Now, one thing that Cleveland has going for them is they have three guys in their starting lineup that's like seven feet tall. I mean, it's really, really difficult to go inside against that team. You have Markkanen, you have Mobley, and you have Allen. All of those guys are 6'11", 7 feet tall. And again, it's very, very difficult to go inside. So 
the Clippers, their game plan, of course, was to shoot the ball from the outside. However, they just did not shoot the ball well. They were only 9 out of 41 in that game against Cleveland for 22%. Even their normal field goal percentage was only 35.6%. Overall, 31 out of 87. In the free throw shooting as well, 8 out of 13, 61%. They just, just did not play well at all. And the guy from Cleveland, I tell you what, you know, I know on the West Coast you may not, you know, unless you have the NBA League pass, you may not be able to see the Cleveland Cavaliers much. But Colin Sexton is a rising, rising player in this NBA. If you haven't seen this kid play, the kid from Alabama, I think he's been in the league for about three years now. He scored 26 points. Clippers had no answer for him. 12 out of 20 from the field. He's not a great three-point shooter. He was over four from beyond the arc. But the kid can rebound. He also has seven rebounds in that game. He's like a little dynamo, man. It's like a little fire truck coming in down the lane. The dude can jump out of the gym. He has tip dunks. You know, he goes to the basket with reckless abandon. He's really, really fun to watch. And they had no answer for him whatsoever. They also didn't have an answer for Ricky Rubio. That was also very disappointing. Ricky freaking Rubio. 28 minutes, 6 out of 13 from the field. 15 points for Rubio, the guy who most NBA pundits said can't shoot the ball. Well, when Ricky Rubio gets inside that lane, he can shoot it. He's not the greatest three-point shooter. He didn't make any of his three-point attempts, but he was effective enough where he scored those 15 points against the Clippers. So that was a really, really disappointing loss against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, in their next game, they had to rematch, of course, against the Portland Trailblazers. And in this particular game, Paul George just he tore it up, even in a loss, 42 points. This game was at Portland. A couple of games before that, they uh, the Clippers won their first game at the Staples Center against Portland, uh, a 118, I'm sorry, 116 to 86 victory with Luke Kennard scored 23 points. But in this particular game at Portland, this was a 111 to 92 loss against the Trailblazers. But again, Paul George had his second best game of the year. He played um, or he scored 41 points against Memphis in the second game of the season. Of course, that was a great game. But in this game against Portland, he scored 42 points in this game. He was virtually unstoppable. 15 out of 24 from the field, 6 of 9 from beyond the arc, 42 big points, 8 rebounds. He did it all. But again, the rest of the team did not shoot well. No other starter in this particular game against Portland was in double figures. It was Paul George with 42. And let me read you the list. Nick Batum, 2 points in 26 minutes, 1 out of 6 from the field. Visha Zubak. 22 minutes, one out of five, three points. The aforementioned Reggie Jackson, 34 minutes, three out of 12. Two of eight from beyond the arc for eight points. Eric Bledsoe, 22 minutes, one out of six, three points. It's not going to cut it. Not going to cut it. The Clippers are not going to uh, win very many games with output like that from their starters. Now, Luke Kennard, he played 33 minutes and was six out of 15 and has 16 points. He's been rather up and down in these five game first five games of the year. And again, you know, it's 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 early in the season for all NBA teams, of course. But it's still concerning 
the the inconsistent way that the Clippers are playing. I'm not so sure that Ty Lue should uh, shake this starting lineup up, but what would he do? The, the person that you would have to take out of there would be Bledsoe and maybe put in Luke Kennard to start just to spark the offense. You know, maybe that's a possibility or possibly Terrence Mann in place of Bledsoe and have Bledsoe come off the bench and just be that defensive dynamo and score a little bit. I would not put Justice Winslow in the starting lineup. You know, he's not showing anything so far this year, especially on the offensive side. Defensively, he's okay, and he can guard some some guys on the wing, but uh, just not seeing much out of him offensively where he would make a difference. So Ty Lue is going to have to have uh, or make a decision here. You know, does he stick with this lineup until Marcus Morris uh, comes back and or Serge Ibaka? If Ibaka comes back, do you take uh, Zubox out the starting lineup and put Ibaka in there? Probably so. Stretch the floor a little bit. Certainly when Morris comes back and if he's healthy, he'll probably be in that starting lineup himself. And they probably take Bledsoe out of there or possibly even Nick Batum. So, but at this point, you don't have Morris. You don't have Ibaka. You have to play with what you have. And right now, what they have is not getting it done offensively. They are just not shooting the ball well at all. Now, in the next few games that the Clippers have, they are playing the Minnesota Timberwolves a couple of times in Minnesota, or even before they play the Timberwolves tonight, actually, they play Oklahoma City. And then the next couple of games after that, they play the Minnesota Timberwolves two times in a row. So those are three games that the Clippers you know, they, they can win those games, obviously, but they have to shoot better. You know, Oklahoma City, we saw what they did against the Lakers, you know, young, exciting team that can run up and down the floor. Shea Gilgis Alexander, that kid is dynamite, dynamite. And then, of course, you're going to Minnesota where you have Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and that group. So you have to be careful there. You lose three games against Minnesota, and you start off one and seven, Boy, I tell you, the alarm bells are going to be ringing very loudly in Clipper Nation because after that you go on the road to Charlotte and Portland. And I'll take that back. I'm sorry, you're at home against Charlotte and Portland. I'm reading that incorrectly. That's my fault. You're at home against Charlotte, Portland, and Miami. So those are going to be three games that are going to be very, very tough for the Clippers. So Ty Lue, again, he has a little work to do. There's no need to panic. No need to panic L.A. Clippers, even though you're only one in four. But it's just a matter of shooting the basketball better. And if you continue to shoot like this, they are going to continue to lose. And the fans in Clipper Nation really, really may start to panic. Before I get to the L.A. Lakers, let's have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. The NBA is back in that DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. The key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and oh yeah, Washington. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skinned in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more lays you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. 
Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, all right, all right, L.A. basketball fans. Again, this is L.A. Ray of L.A. Courtside, where I talk about Clippers and Lakers, give you good content and good commentary on both of the L.A. professional basketball teams. Want to go to the Lakers real quick. They had a very, very interesting week indeed. Want to start off real quick at that Memphis game, which the Lakers won 121 to 118. Very, very good basketball game in which John Morant, of course, as I would say, is a superstar in this league right now. Scores the Lakers for 40 points. But Carmelo Anthony probably had his best game as a Laker. He scored 21 points. I'll get to Carmelo in a second here. But that's the game, the Memphis game, that LeBron James tweaked his ankle. Everyone in Los Angeles, of course, breathed a sigh of relief when they found out that uh, it didn't have anything to do with last year's injury. And it was just pretty much a little sore. So he set out the next two games against San Antonio and at Oklahoma City. Now in the San Antonio game, the Lakers won that one in overtime, 125 and 121, led by Anthony Davis with 35 points. Anthony Davis is playing very, very well, very, very well lately. I mean, he is, he looks like the Anthony Davis of old. He continues to play like that. The Lakers would be really, really tough to beat. But also in this San Antonio game, Russell, 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 Westbrook. He's like the talk of the town here, good or bad. He probably had his best game. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. He was 15 out of 27 from the floor. He looked very, very comfortable in this game against San Antonio. And the way he's been playing lately, he's getting more and more comfortable. You can tell he's been playing much better than he had in those first couple of games. He's starting to settle in. He's not shooting up wild three-point shots. He's, he'll still jack up a three every now and then, which is okay. At least he's not scared to do it. <clears throat> Mr. Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. Uh, excuse me there, but at least Russ is not afraid to jack it up. He was one out of four against San Antonio, but you have to show some respect out there. Uh, you have to have the defense respect you and, and let them think, yes, I will shoot that ball from three, even though I'm not a great three-point shooter. But if he can reel that back in and just not, you know, jack him up as much, this guy is going to be very, very hard to stop. Again, 40 minutes, 15 out of 27 from the floor. 33 big points and 
Austin Reeves, again, is starting to get a, a huge following in L.A. Now, in one of my previous episodes, I mentioned that, you know, folks just, st- uh, 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 you know, put your foot on the brakes here with Austin Reeves. You've got folks that want him in the starting lineup over Baysmore. He's still not there defensively. He's not a horrible defender. He moves his feet pretty well. He's not horrible, but I don't think he's ready to start yet. But I tell you what, he's getting a lot of playing time. You know, 30 minutes in that San Antonio game. That's a lot of playing time. And when THT and Kendrick Nunn come back, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how Vogel utilizes Austin Reeves. Is he still going to get that many minutes? Is his minutes going to be cut? You know, are you going to have Nunn in there taking a, a lot of those minutes? THT, I'm thinking, is going to be end up in a starting lineup. You know, we'll see. But it, it'll be very, very interesting to see what they do with Reeves when those two come back. Now, moving on uh, in the middle of the week, the game against Oklahoma City. That's the one that I really, really want to get into. Oh, a loss, a 123-115 loss to the youngest team in the NBA, Oklahoma City Thunder. And, of course, I want to give my opinion on the Russell Westbrook uh, what I'm going to call a fiasco at the end of that game when uh, Darius Baisley went down and dunked the basketball with at uh, the last play of the game, I guess two seconds, one second left. He went down and dunked the basketball. Some, some of the old school, and you know me, you know me, LA fans. I'm, I'm about as old school as they come. I don't see any problem with what Baisley did whatsoever. Whatsoever. You shouldn't blow a 26 point lead. How about that, Russ? Don't blow a 26-point lead. That that was just a lot of frustration uh, on uh, Russell Westbrook in that situation. I didn't see any other Laker that reacted in any kind of way. Any kind of way. Rajon Rondo, who's probably as old school as you can get as well, you know, he threw the bounce pass that was stolen by Baysmore. I'm sorry, by Baisley. I'm sorry, by Baisley. He went down there and dunked the ball. Rondo was down there on the other end of the court. He watched him dunk. He turned around and was ready to walk off the floor. You know, didn't get any reaction from Rondo whatsoever. And then when they had the press conference uh, after the game and they had Westbrook and Anthony Davis up on the stage at the same time and they was asking Westbrook about it, he gave his opinion. You know, he said, you know, hey, it's an unwritten rule, and which is crap to me. I hate these unwritten rule crap in any sport. And he says he just didn't like it, period. Anthony Davis didn't react at all. He didn't even chime in on it at all. So I'm thinking Anthony Davis didn't have a problem with it either. Don't blow a 26-point lead against OKC, probably the worst team in the league, although they do have some nice young pieces there. Shea Gilgis Alexander, by the way, is a dog. 27 points, 7 out of 19 from the field. And I've heard I heard someone on ESPN. I don't know if it was Stephen A. Smith or one of those other guys on ESPN uh, may have been Jay Williams, by the way, who said a lot of these younger teams like OKC and some of the other young teams in NBA, when they play the Lakers, of course, everyone is viewing the Lakers as uh, the nursing home Lakers. Or, you know, they're so old, you know, and they have, I don't know, five probably future Hall of Famer or something like that. These young kids are looking forward to playing the Lakers. They're certainly not scared to play them. That's for sure. OKC looked like they was having some fun out there. When they were coming back from 26 down, they looked like they were having a ball. 
especially Shea. I mean, this dude was laughing, laughing, giggling, shooting threes, and they were having a good old time. And maybe that got under Russ's skin. I'm not sure. But, I, I you know, that, that dunking the ball at the end of the game, stop him. You know, don't throw the uh, – the, you know that that bad pass rondo and you know so they won't steal the ball and go down there and and dunk it like that now ha- hanging basically hanging on the rim and all that that may have been a little bit over the top but even even at that i did not have a problem with that at all you know they blew a 26 point lead and that was that but in that game uh, westbrook was eight out of 20 not too shabby he scored 20 points anthony davis continued his stellar play 12 out of 22 from the field for 30 points in leading uh, the Lakers in scoring. Carmelo Anthony was 5 out of 14, only 1 out of 8 from 3-point land in that particular game for 13 points. And then also the Lakers had a chance to tie that game three different times at the end. And the, I, I've never seen Carmelo shoot an air ball. Such, I'm sure he's shot air balls before. But in that, at the end of that particular game, he had a chance to tie that game. And nah, he was nowhere near the rim. Got a steal, had a wide open look. He didn't have anybody in his face and shot an air ball. He had to laugh at that himself. So not sure what that was all about. But that was a very, very disappointing loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. But since then, James came back against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, his old team, and uh, at the Staples Center. And they beat Cleveland 113-101. to 101. James led that effort with 26 points in that particular game and they were able to get a lot of points inside even though as i mentioned before the cavaliers have a starting lineup or three of their five starters are 6 11 or taller and the lakers had much better success on the inside than the clippers did when they played the cleveland cavaliers anthony davis scored 15 points in that game lebron james was 10 out of 22 for 26 points one little bit of concern LeBron James is still not shooting all that well from beyond the arc. In the Cleveland game, he was only one out of ten. But again, with LeBron James, of course, you don't have to worry too much. He will straighten that out, and he will start shooting better from beyond the arc. Westbrook was eight out of thirteen in that game. Again, he is starting to find his rhythm. If you can get games like this from him, thirty-four minutes, eight out of thirteen, which you know, thirteen shots—that's not really a high volume. That's wonderful for Westbrook if he can play games like that. Six rebounds, five assists for 19 points. That Those are the types of numbers that the Lakers will be looking to get from Westbrook. They don't want to see 26, 30 shots. Not consistently anyway. He's going to have nights where he's going to shoot the ball that many times. But what they're looking for is a little bit more consistency in his field goal percentage and if he if he does that, that means he's not shooting the ball as much. 13 shots, 13 shots, 15 shots is really good for Westbrook. So in this game, he played he played very, very well. Carmelo Anthony again against Cleveland, 9 out of 12, 6 of 8 from beyond the arc. This is what they brought Carmelo Anthony to L.A. to do. Again, just fire up that three, baby. Don't worry about defense. Well, I'm not going to say don't worry about it all together. You have to play some defense, but they didn't bring him in for that. Uh, the game against Houston, uh, Anthony scored 23 points. Again, 
he was just out there balling and he's having fun. You can tell you can tell by the look on his face. He's he's having a lot of fun. Carmelo Anthony was eight out of 14 against the Rockets for 23 points. And the Lakers went on to beat the Rockets 95 to 85. So as it stands right now, the Lakers are four and three. Looks like they're rounding in the shape uh, pretty good. The uh, Clippers, they still have a lot of work to do, but I'm confident that they will right the ship as well, especially when Marcus Morris and Serge Ibaka get back into the fold. So with that, Los Angeles fans, I'm going to leave it right there. Again, thank you for listening to L.A. Courtside Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at L.A. Courtside Pod. And wherever, whatever platform you use to get your podcast from, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes of L.A. Courtside Pod. You can find it on Odyssey, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and any any um, platform that you get your podcast from. So, with that, L.A. fans, until the next episode of L.A. Courtside, peace. Peace.